Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started on this great show we're about to have, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, let's recap today's Vikings game. What a fourth quarter here in Minneapolis. What a game. Go ahead, touchdown for the Vikings with 46 seconds remaining. And now from the right hash, from 54 yards out, Joey Sly is wide to the left. It is no good. Okay, so... My son, you can hear him. He's just very excited after after this this miraculous win that the Vikings had. They won uh, twenty eight to twenty seven. The Vikings were down by eleven points at one point in the game. Uh, it did not seem like they were going to pull this game out, but they do thanks to a touchdown from Kirk Cousins to Chad Beebe with forty six seconds remaining in the fourth quarter and then the Panthers missed a 54-yard field goal attempt to you know to win the game and the Vikings walk away with a win they're 5 and 6 now and they're a game out of the final playoff spot in the NFC I'm joined by the Viking Ages Dustin Baker as always with these recaps Dustin what just happened Well I uh it felt like a game at Soldier Field with all of the weird stuff and the swings, um, the ups and downs, and then, you know, thinking that you were down and out. I mean, almost like, well, you know, you start thinking about, gosh, is what is what, what's the rest of it even matter? How am I getting excited for the, the Jaguars game? And then, of course, um, found a way to make it interesting. And um, we'll get into our likes. And the first thing that I like about this is, uh, I mean, this this is why we love this sport, is games like this that uh, were de facto playoff games. Um, whoever lost this was basically out. Whoever survived and advanced has a puncher's chance. And just that redemption that uh, Chad Beebe had um, when mm-hmm. he muffed that punt, that was the game, and it should have been the game. And then the Panthers did some curious things with clock management, and then he was the man that caught the game-winning touchdown. And I played uh, high school basketball. That's the extent of my uh, my sports, um, you know, actual playing rather than all the writing and stuff that I do. And those are the moments that, as a player, that you just – like you live for after mm-hmm. you've 
you've messed up is because you know that you're not an awful athlete and you have to redeem yourself. And usually it doesn't happen in like 20 minutes later. So uh, kudos to BB. I know that his stock was supremely low for the fan base as it should have been for that moment. But, uh, and we haven't even talked about Kirk um, who ultimately who? Gets, I don't know gets the is. game ball. Uh, I'm going to let you get into that because uh, <laughs> very quietly, he had another 300 yard passing three touchdown game. And this time um, we got a little, little luck at the end. I'm not sure if that kick was tipped or if it was a shank, but uh, cousins deserves credit. My goodness. Yeah, like you said, he had another 300-yard uh, game. He finished with 307 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 115.7 quarterback rating. He, he attempted 45 passes. So, you know, Dalvin Cook went out uh, in this game with uh, an injury that we're, we're not sure what it is right now. We'll find out more later this week. Um, but the running game just wasn't going like it usually is. There's no Adam Thielen, so... The Vikings needed Kirk Cousins to come through in this game, and and he did, especially on that that final drive. And you know, we're we've we've heard in the past about all of his doubters, how he can't lead a team to a, on a game winning drive or any of that. And then you know, the defense's you know miscues were never talked about in those same uh, mentions either. So this time, the Vikings get a break. Kirk Cousins gets a break. He leads a team to a game winning drive, and uh, for for a week. Maybe we'll hear some of the cousins doubters be quiet. I won't doubt it, um, but you know he's quietly had a very a very good season after the bye. The first the first few games before the bye, it was like uh, what's going on here. But yeah, since then gosh. he's he's been he's been putting up great numbers. I want to point out that this is what he did in Washington, um, for better or for worse. Um, when Dalvin got hurt, when we didn't know the extent of it, um, no Thielen no Ezra Cleveland. This was life for Kirk Cousins with the Washington football team. He usually had one playmaker receiver, whether it was Deshaun Jackson or Pierre Garçon. Um, Deshaun Jackson in his prime can be in that Jefferson class as, as the Vikings have now. But then the running game was nil. I mean, if you are ever bored, go pull out rushing stats from 2015 to 2017 for the Washington football team, and it's just no names running the football. So when, when Dalvin got hurt there, you know, we didn't know if it was for you know half hour or if it was going to be the rest of the season. Um, of course, it wasn't ideal, but this is what Cousins built his reputation on to begin with, is leading a team with a limited amount of weapons and grinding his way to 4,000-yard seasons with about 25, 27 touchdowns. So if this happens again, if somebody's out, Jefferson's out for some reason in three weeks, it's not a throw-in-the-towel situation because Kirk has the experience of taking hodgepodge weaponry you know, to about eight wins per season in Washington. All right, so since the bye, Kirk Cousins has thrown four 1,293 yards, 12 touchdowns, and one interception. Um, so he's playing He's playing okay. Um, my last question to you before we get to like the rest of our likes and dislikes mm-hmm. is, did the, the Vikings shouldn't have won this game, right? Should not have? Yeah, they had no, they had no business no, winning this game the way they I, played for pretty much the entire game. No, when you have a defensive touchdown, a single one, that should lose you most football games. And then let alone have two and ten seconds to the same guy. <laughs> That's a blueprint for disaster. Um, but some of these games, when, when Kirk is feeling it, um, I mean, he of course, he's never going to be as good as Mahomes or those dudes or Russell Wilson, but... He, he has the gumption to keep a team in the game. We saw it last year at Denver. We saw it in New Orleans, which people just tend to gloss over in the playoff game. So 
Um, no, the Vikings didn't have any business winning that based on miscues, but you have a quarterback that you pay handsomely that brought you back, especially on the final drive. I mean, it was just surgical um, the way they did it to the point where I was telling my wife, I was like, we're going to score too fast. And lo and yeah. behold, we did. And uh, tip of the cap to Bridgewater because one of the things that he's very good at is – cool, calm under pressure. So when he delivered that strike to whoever that was, Curtis Samuel in the fourth quarter, that didn't surprise me. A, because our secondary has had Swiss cheese issues and B, that's what Teddy does in the fourth quarter of games. He makes big throws. He's, he's limited in other um, aspects of the game, bless his heart. Um, <clears throat> but that's what Bridgewater does. That's his game is um, dinking and dunking a little bit, making a big throw here and there. And in the fourth quarter, he's as cool as a cucumber. All right, since they won, we'll we'll get into our, our likes and you you already mentioned one, but I'll give you one and that is the uh the other receivers stepping up in Adam Thielen's yes. absence. Uh Thielen, you know, he was out this week because of uh you know, he was on the reserve he's on the reserve COVID list. We don't know when he's when he's coming back. We saw I saw a video of him watching from home of um watching the game and celebrating like one of us. Um but this week we had four guys uh, with seven catches, four different guys. We had BC Johnson had seven catches. Justin Jefferson had seven catches and two touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph had seven catches, and Chad Beebe had seven catches and and a touchdown. And this isn't even including you know uh, four other guys that were targeted. So eight guys on the Vikings had at least one target today. Um, I feel like when someone like Adam Thielen isn't on the field, Kirk Cousins plays better because he's not trying to force the ball. To someone like Thielen, but at the same time, Thielen is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and you're always going to want him on the field. But you know, good good for the Vikings, you know, reserve receivers to step up today when they need it most, and you know, hopefully, the Vikings get Thielen back though next week. Yeah, um, that uh, again, that type of distribution is the paramount of what Cousins did in Washington. Um, Deshaun Watts or Deshaun Jackson and mm-hmm. Pierre Garcon and those gentlemen um, are not good of pass catchers as Thielen or probably Jefferson, but they are, uh, especially Jackson, is explosive. So when you see a, a box score like today, that's why I wasn't overly spooked that Thielen was out because Cousins has done this before and it's all there in the numbers, it's all there in the tape. He distributes the ball when he needs to, but to your point, when he has Thielen Jefferson who demand attention and you know have the route running acumen to get open, he's just going to throw him the ball. Um, I also like how Kirk scampered a couple times. Uh, yeah. There was, there's a couple other times where he should have and he held back. I think one was down there on the uh, red zone. Uh, but yeah, he had I think a couple first downs, um, I think 20 yards rushing, which isn't that big, but um, in terms of being opportune, opportunistic, it sure was. Uh, what, and the, the one thing that's somewhat self-evident is that we didn't roll over and die. Um, when yeah. we got down those two defensive touchdowns, um, you probably felt it like this is going to turn into one of those. I did, but then I looked at the clock and I'm like, oh, there's there's like a whole half left because they just they scored so quickly. And then it's like you think, you know. Yeah, why did, usually, they stop run, why did they stop running the ball? I don't know. I think a lot of Panthers fans are probably going to be wondering that. You <laughs> Not know, our problem. Why, why, why are they passing with you know under two minutes to go <laughs> when they could have just wasted a bunch of time? And, and they essentially gave the Vikings probably like two or three extra timeouts. But yeah. They also ran out of bounds, and then they were just calling passing plays on, on, on third down when they didn't need to. They, they kind of shied away from, from running the ball in general in the second half. Um, I mean, it kind of worked for them because Teddy was, was playing better, but they were the, – the Panthers rushed for 76 yards in the first half, and then in the second yeah. half they only rushed for 31. 
So yeah, I'd like I've, to think it was adjustments we make, but um, from my eye test, I haven't looked at the numbers. Yeah, it seems like they just stopped. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's Matt Matt Rule, like his offense, his philosophy, like you know, treating the pass like it's it's like it is a run, like a short pass, like it is a run, and then guys just weren't able to come up with the ball because looked like a bunch of Panthers just dropped the ball. So yeah, um, I I don't know what they were doing. Um, did you have another like? Yeah, um, I want to give a couple shout-outs to individual players. Uh, Bailey hit a 53-yard field goal yep. that in the moment was a big deal. Uh, we probably won't remember it until weirdos like me dig it up in the numbers like this summer uh, to figure out who hits the most 50-yard field goals, but that <laughs> one was big. Mm-hmm. Um, BB, before his um, <laughs> rise and fall or uh, vice versa, he had a big first down that he stretched out for that was Thielen-esque mm-hmm. um, in the moment before the drama was a big deal. Um, and then quietly, we only allowed seven points in the first half. Um, they were they were cooking on the ground, um, but, you know, at the end of the half, so to speak, they only allowed seven points. And for a team that surrenders over 30 at home, that was a big deal. I don't know how much of a game changer that ended up being uh, because of the turnovers, but that's what kept me um, thinking, yeah, we're going to win this thing at the half. Was well, First of all, it hadn't gone completely pear-shaped with all these weird things, um, but we only allowed seven points at the half. They only gave up one touchdown to the <laughs> offense. <laughs> yeah, that Robbie Anderson one. Yeah, that was the only touchdown, and then 13 points to, to the offense. So the defense... You played pretty well. It was uh, the Panthers. The Panthers' defense that came up with more points than their offense today. Actually, they actually outscored their offense. And and yeah, I I, I agree with the Bailey field goal. I think that was a huge part of the game that people probably won't remember to look at Cousins and and BB and his touchdown. I also I want to give a shout out to DJ Wanham for oh, yeah. appar- he's, on my, appa- he's on my list. Apparently having an outside chance at defensive rookie of the year <laughs> according to Jonathan Vilmon. This is news to me. I I didn't know that he was even in contention. So yeah, good they, for him. They had him in some graphic too that showed uh defensive playmakers, so I'm not sure if the field is just uh so sparse. Because uh, what does he have? Three sacks. Um, but yeah, I'll have to dig into that. See if there's anything to that. Or if there's yeah, another... a field goal block. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was why he was on my list. Um, it feels like you know sometimes rookies have big plays and then you never really hear much for them like for the rest of their careers. Like they have a good season, um, but it feels like steadily Wanham is becoming a contender for the other defensive end spot because he's coming up with big plays. Uh, I know that's uh, Andre Patterson special, um, the fact that he you know, was drafted and whatnot. But, of course, he had the sack on Rodgers um, right after the bye that ended the game. Yep. And then he had that, the block. And we still aren't very forcing very much pressure, which is disturbing. Um, but yeah, yeah. It certainly doesn't look like a Fetty Odenabo is going <laughs> to be continuing with that role. Or, as Vilma likes to call him, a Fatty Adamame or whatever he, he called him. <laughs> uh, oh, man, he butchered that name. Um, then he started, towards the second half, he, he did the totally redeem yourself. He started to give Cousins some love. Which he did. Took him, took him off my poop list. Um, which I mean, That was deserving, as much as he's butchered uh, Daniel Hunter when he said Steven Nelson was on our team last week or somebody's <laughs> team. Uh, yeah. yeah, he started to do what I do throughout the week is to say, hey, unless you're wearing like completely jaded sunglasses, this, this quarterback that you have, although paid handsomely, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I also enjoyed his humble brag of winning Defensive Rookie of the Year <laughs> when he tried to make that joke. And he's like, no, I did. Uh, it's like, great. Thank, thanks. Thanks for letting us know that you won Defensive Rookie of the Year in the middle of the game that you're calling. <laughs> um, so, you know, we get to our likes and dislikes. 
So we did the likes, and now un- unfortunately we have to get to the dislikes. There were a, probably more than you would like to talk about during a win, but that's because the Vikings probably shouldn't have won this game. But um, I'll go first and just talk about special teams once again. Um, it wasn't kicking, thank God. It wasn't punting. It was the punt return, which I'm starting to think the Vikings just shouldn't have a punt returner. Just have no one back there. Let the ball, just let the other team down the ball. Like, I don't under, I'm just starting to see, like, what's the point of them? It's either going to be fumbled or they're going to return it one yard. So I, I'm, I'm starting to just think, like, let's just get rid of the punt returner this year. Let's just let the other team, we'll try and go for the block every time. You know, it's just, it's just, and it, it, it almost lost them the game today. And it, it probably lost them, them the game last week. So it's just, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to watch. I actually, <clears throat> I have as many dislikes as I do likes because I, I write these down during the game in preparation for our show and we didn't know how it was going to go until the very last second. Right. So my list is lengthy and it's not necessarily nitpicking because a lot can be learned in terms of mistakes from this game. So the rush defense in the first half, we talked about that. Uh, I don't know why it's so porous. I mean, aside from the obvious that we don't have a true nose. A lot tackle. of missed tackles. Yeah. Yeah. That that's Will, Eric Wilson had a couple that I saw that I was like, okay, this is why people, some people prefer bar. Um, right. He doesn't quite, he doesn't, he makes plays, but he doesn't tackle and read plays as well as bar. So um, who knows on that one? Um, one thing that is not a negative on the Vikings is the pass interference on Jefferson in the end zone. That would have changed the course of the game. Uh, the guy, Whoever that was, the cornerback, they have no name cornerback, Corn Elder, who, like some dude named Corn. Uh, so, somebody <laughs> had his hands on his jersey. Yeah. And Vilma was saying, like, that's good coverage. And <laughs> I, not an indictment again on Vilma, but the fact that that was just, uh, you know, championed on national television as good coverage was completely fallacious. It was holding that was pass interference and it would have got the ball on the goal line. I can't remember the score at that time, um, but I jotted that one down because. I mean, there have been worse pass interference calls. The Saints could tell you all about that. But um, he was holding his jersey, and no wonder Jefferson got up and complained. I feel like that might have been on the drive um, when... Was that when Bailey hit the field goal? I think so, Okay, so four-point swing probably right there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, he was grabbing his jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's there's no more, like, it's no more obvious pass interference or holding than that. Like, he had his jersey in his hand and and jefferson still almost caught it so um one of my dislikes is is you kind of alluded to with the the sack fumble touchdown uh, on cousins is just the interior offensive line just giving up (laughs) so much pressure today like just letting guys through like just giving like like valeting them to cousins like here you go here he is like brett jones just getting rocked over and over again dakota dozier just you know Either if, if he's not false starting, you know, tripping Cousins, and then Garrett Bradbury apparently having an illegal snap, um, just just penalties and just letting guys through pressure. You know, this isn't this wasn't a Panthers t- defense that was like is one of the best in the league. You know, they they were able to get a bunch of pressure and and sometimes even just rushing three guys. You know, they have some good playmakers on their defense, but they're not you know they're not the eighty five Bears or or one of the no. two thousand Bucks defenses. This they should have been able to handle them, but it, it clearly shows that you know not having Ezra Ezra Cleveland in there is. <laughs> is more valuable than I think people realize. Yeah, we need that uh, that 
talent and experience of Ezra Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland. It's cool that we can say that the dude's you know only yeah. played how many games in his life. But yeah, I don't I don't know when he'll be back. Hopefully that's that's next week. But it's like we did the opposite. So that game, most notably against the Titans, where everybody got all over Cousins for not bringing them back on the last drive. Uh, he was completely blitzed. It was like a blitzkrieg of Titans uh, in that drive uh, against the Titans, whatever that was, week three. And yep. um, it was like the inverse today where the offensive line wasn't great, but in that final drive, they actually gave him a little bit of time to find uh, Rudolph a couple times, and then I think it was BC. But it was like, we'll take it, uh, that they decided to show up on the final drive. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit and more needs to go to Cousins, but... I guess he wasn't completely, you know, getting smashed like he was against the Titans on that final drive. And that stuff matters when you're trying to author a game winning drive. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have these gigantic men coming after you and, you know, then point to the quarterback and see, like, look what he did. Uh, it's frustrating there. Uh, turnovers, um, th- mm-hmm. those should have been our undoing. Um, you, if you're listening to this, you're a Viking fan and you know that we've been the um, negative benefactor of a bunch of weird outcomes in football games over the past 40 years. So uh, we'll, we'll not lose any sleep over the justice of this one, but the turnovers, especially that they scored on two of them, and then the decisiveness of what it should have been of when B. They scored on, on th- all three of them. They scored three points oh, yeah. after the, the yep. muff punt. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. So, so they got 17. 17. Yeah, but that, yeah. that BB muff punt should have been game over. Um, but yep. for some reason, Should've. they I don't know how, besides the fact they decided to uh, Teddy threw a terrible pass on that third down, um, but they gave the Vikings a minute and 50 seconds left. And when that drive started, again, talking to my wife and my son sitting on the couch, I'm like, God, if they do this right, we're only going to have like 40 seconds and no timeouts. And then you're right back in that Titans situation where they're just going to send everybody and it's going to be the same thing. Um, you know, no glory for the quarterback. Um, but whatever the Panthers decided to do, uh, especially on that third down call, they were going for for broke and trying to win the thing, which was ballsy and that's fine. But you got to make the throw if you're going to do that. And that was where, was it more like injured whatever he injured yeah I don't, I don't even know what what he injured he just he went down and was just grabbing so usually when no one's around you and you go down looking <laughs> like in that much pain it's yeah. probably not good yeah but even on the replay it, uh, but yeah it looked, i don't know if it happened before he jumped in the yeah. air like before the replay showed it reminded uh, me of like uh kevin durant in the, uh, on the finals when he like looked around to see who kicked him but it was his achilles and nobody touched yeah. him yeah that, that might have been yeah and that would be ruthless what, what he hurt him. yeah um <clears throat> but yeah that was a bad uh, bad pass by by teddy um but yeah back on the the field goal i just thought of it like we all thought that was going in. Teddy was going to beat us, and here our season was basically over in case we could, unless we could run the table. Um, but it's so refreshing, like my mood, this show, mm-hmm. all the crap mm-hmm. I'm going to write this week. It's mm-hmm. so refreshing when the gods side with us. And I, I, I looked over again at my family and said, like, does this happen to other teams? Like, I know that I get so bogged down in this, but it feels like all of this weird stuff that happens and then we have a chance to win it, but then we left too much time for the Supreme Bridgewater. Uh, it's, I was like, does this happen to us more than others? What do you think? Oh, oh for sure. we, we're on the opposite end of, <laughs> of, of these games more often than not, for sure. Um, but you know, last year you had the the Broncos game where they came back. I think they were down what twenty one points. Yeah, you had the Saint. You had the Saints game where they won that in overtime, and they weren't supposed to win that. So 
they've they've come out in some of these games as well. Um, you know, Vikings are quietly four and one after the bye, and their only loss is by three points. They had an opportunity to win last week, so they could easily be on a five game winning streak right now. Um, so maybe you know things are starting to head in the Vikings' direction, at least after the bye. Before the bye, it's, this team was terrible. Um, so maybe that was their preseason, <laughs> and they're getting things you know back in order. Um, one of my dislikes, it's not it's not. Dalvin Cook, obviously, because he's having an amazing season. But does he have a fumbling problem? This was his his fourth fumble of the year. Uh, second game in a row, he lost a fumble. I mean, I know he takes a beating in there. Yeah, for, um, for a couple minutes there, he, he got a pass, I think, from us or Vikings Nation or me in general, because yeah. I thought he was brutalized. I thought it was, here we go, this game's going to be lost, and he's down for the year, at least till next September. Um, so I thought like, oh, he tore something again here, and that's why he fumbled. But then lo and behold, like it was, he was back up and came back in, had that draw play first down. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the I don't think it's quite as quote unquote bad as it's Ad- not like Peterson. Yeah, Adrian at time, <laughs> and we. I was gonna say that maybe Cook is playing so well that we're giving him a pass, but I mean, and he that, just gets the ball a lot, so he has yeah. more opportunities to yeah. fumble. So maybe that that's part of it too. Yeah, and there might be some recency bias there when I say. <clears throat> You know, maybe he's overshadowing uh, his fumbles, but Adrian, we got on top of him over fumbles, and <clears throat> he's still a better running back than than Cook is. Um, but yeah, it's something to watch. Um, Cousins has done a good job um, masking or cor- correcting his fumble problem um, until today. <clears throat> it's just uh, unfortunate that that one had to be returned to the house. And if you're a Panthers fan, you got to be super excited that you got that Chen dude. Yeah, he's he's very good. He is actually probably in contention for yeah. <laughs> for defensive rookie of the year. You know, maybe not so much DJ Wanda, but yeah, probably Jeremy Chin. Um I would have liked to see the Vikings actually go after him instead of bringing back Anthony Harris, but you know, it's too late for that. Um I don't think I have any more more dislikes. I think we we covered uh, pretty much all of them unless you have Yep, I got one some... more and it's nitpicking, okay. but it was a big deal in the moment, the Eric Wilson face mask. So Oh yeah, yeah. Uh god I didn't write down the context, but that would have been third and something, something unholy, like third and 14. But first, whoever that dude was, the offender, put his hand right in his face mask. Robbie Anderson, I think. Was it? Okay. And then Eric Wilson returned the favor. So at first, when the flag went out, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that's going to be something, you know, the cynical side of me. And then they showed the replay, and I was like, oh, they're going to call it on him. And then Wilson Mm -hmm. returned the favor, and there's just like a, a Bears game at Soldier Field, there were so many moments where... Uh, it should have been the undoing of both teams. And that was one of them where we had them dead to rights. And for a defense that couldn't stop for most of the game and get them off the field, that would have been the opportunity late in the game where, okay, we get the ball back. Um, and instead, you know, it got a lot more interesting. Um, but I want to talk about it. Certainly not a dislike is uh, before we wrap up here is the outlook going forward now. So <laughs> this five and six. Yeah, this is funny because when BB fumbled they had some comment in about three minutes of that time where they said oh and then the patriots have upended the cardinals so the winner of this and i was like oh good for them you know think (laughs) okay yeah the panthers are right back in it yay like just completely disregarded the fact that what we needed to have um happened for the cardinals happened and then kirk did his business and won the game and i went back to i was like wait a second i had to go check the espn app and i was like they did lose so if you're keeping score at home of these standings um, heading into today, the Cardinals needed to go three and three 
the rest of the way. And I can't remember if those losses had to be cherry picked to uh, NFC opponents for tiebreakers. Yeah. But it was some sort of uh, conglomeration of three and three, and the Vikings needed to be five and one. And that would have been basically dead had we lost. But now, uh, the Patriots, <clears throat> who in theory probably shouldn't have business beating the Cardinals, uh, Belichick got the best of them and will take it because that makes the pathway a whole lot easier. And the other one is the Bucks. Um, when I when we started recording yep. this, uh, that game wasn't going swimmingly for them. But um, if they lose this game, they're going to be seven and five. Then they're going to have their bye week. And if we go oh, into losing seventeen to nothing right now. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unlikely that Mahomes gets got um, after that. So uh, we're going to be if we don't overlook Jacksonville, um, we're going to be five hundred six and six, taking yep. on a Tampa Bay team that's seven and five. It has all the nasty stuff that we talked about last week. Um, outdoor game, grass. Not but they noon. will be. They will be well rested because they will have their buy next. Yes. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very weird or late to buy. But yeah. but all of a sudden that game is more than just a well. We're going to lose to the Bucks. It's if we can find a way to pull a Saints on them and surprise everybody. We're going to be the seventh seed because we're going to have the tiebreaker on them. So, yep. Um, yep. if we this is huge because we can't overlook anybody this year. If we take care of Jacksonville, um, that game will be for a playoff spot, no matter what the Cardinals do. Right. Yeah. Uh, these this this win is huge. There's there's no other way to say otherwise. Um, today's today's win is huge for the Vikings. It essentially saved their season. Uh, I just did the recap for the Vikings, and that's that's what I wrote. This win saved the Vikings season. If they don't get this win, they're they're thinking about next year's draft and the off season and what to do. Yeah, that's 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 all that matters. It took one play, and their season is saved. Yeah. Um, when, so yeah, when Vil- they take on what the one in ten Jaguars next week, that has trap game written all over it. Um, but you know, hopefully the Jaguars just keep playing like the Jaguars and 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 don't end up. <laughs> winning that game but yeah then then they play the bucks and and they beat the bucks essentially they could be tied uh at seven and six and then the vikings have to play the bears who they've already beat at the saints who who knows if drew Brees is back for that game i almost rather he would be because zimmer has his way with Brees. i mean yeah that's true and then then they finish the season at the detroit lions who don't have matt patricia anymore (laughs) so maybe they're they're different but probably not um so Things are looking good for 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 the Vikings after this win. They just they need to make sure they take care of business next week. Yeah, they cannot over. They cannot go in this week and be like, "Oh, they're one in ten. This is an easy win." No, you can't do that. They did that against the Bills a couple years ago and got I got think hammered. I think yeah. that they already have those sour games in their DNA for this year that that's already out Falcons yeah Falcons and Colts I think that's already out of the blood like they've got they've that's been excreted um so I think that they'll show up to play and I don't even know if it'll be Mike Glennon Jake Luton or Minshew whoever will be back um but there was also a point I can't remember the minute um, but when Vilma said, like, you know, this this is basically a playoff team for both these teams. And in that moment, things weren't going right for the Vikings. And I was like, oh, come on. It's a little bit dramatic, don't you think? But <laughs> once you process it, he was correct. Because if you are in the camp that wants to get into a six or seven seed, um, this was an elimination game. Because yep. otherwise, that team, the the loser, 
would have to run the table and get help. And neither one of these teams is probably going to run the table. So we will remain with that one game cushion law, excuse me, one loss cushion, which we all expect to happen against the Bucks. And if it doesn't happen there, then who knows? To have a little bit of a, a, a maybe a wrestling reference, um, this was the loser goes home match yeah. <laughs> for, for between the Vikings and Panthers. Whoever lost this game, the playoff chances yeah. are gone. And remember about these Panthers, um, it's not like they they're, – they're the definition of a pretty average team. They went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, and I believe that was in Kansas City, and I, be, I think that one went down to the wire. And, and yeah. then they beat the sexy Cardinals, and that was yep. like a month and a half ago. So if you uh, – are trying to you know say well we only won because of a missed field goal that's what happens sometimes and a this team wasn't bad now next no, week the Jags are bad uh, but this team yeah. um, you know Bridgewater is doing what he can without McCaffrey um, it's a decent football team that probably in most seasons would finish about seven and nine and that's probably where they're headed yeah in my in the preview on this podcast last week I talked to to Dean Jones you know who also writes for the Viking Age but he does cat crave stuff too. I mentioned to him like this Panthers team reminds me of a lot of a lot of the Vikings in their first season with Mike Zimmer. Yeah, and how they were competitive a lot. They finished seven to nine, but you know they just didn't they just didn't have it yet. What whatever it took to get over the hump and convenient or like ironically, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback for that <laughs> team too. Um, so that's that's who they remind me of. They're not terrible. Yeah. They can they can beat teams, but you know they just don't have it all together yet to put together all you know enough complete games to to have a winning record and i just want to throw this out there i just looked it up the panthers had a 92.4 percent <laughs> win probability it felt that way with 156 left in the game when they when they had that incomplete to to dj Moore. yeah that's and then then the vikings just took it all away uh, that's the kind of the kind of game it was, um, and then I think I just had one one more thing. It's kind of a like is just just seeing Teddy Bridgewater out there mm-hmm. playing like like nothing, like he didn't almost lose part of his leg, yeah. you know, three or four years ago. That's just it's just pleasant to see him on the field. Just I think he might have gotten hurt actually though at the end. Yeah, I forgot all about that up until now. Shoulder. Yeah, that that looked um, like another moment that was like, yep, he couldn't play anymore, but he got him down just <laughs> close enough. And that last play he was on the field, of course. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. On that play. I don't know what the diagnosis is yet, but it, in that moment, I was like, yeah, he probably has a broken arm. He gets him down there. <laughs> then Joey Sly is going to win it from 54 or whatever it was. Yeah. And that's how it's going to end. But that's how we're trained to think based on these doomsday <laughs> outcomes. That you know, you know, maybe this is the turning of the tide for the Vikings. It's 2020. This year is weird. You know, yeah, it's going to be a new season when they. Maybe, maybe this is what you know what they needed to yeah, turn them turn their season around. Gonna, they're going to be in, when we talk at this time next week. They're going to be six and six, and then, I mean it's a, it's a brand new ball game. And yeah, did we think that was going to happen when they new, were one and five? No, nope. I don't think anybody did. No, nope. I was after that Falcons game. I had thought, or I did think that this team was probably going to be about six and ten. But you know who thought that? The Vikings. <laughs> they never, they never gave up hope. They had, they had ten games to go. So I yeah. wasn't. I don't think as much as we both say like, oh, the season was probably you know already over when they went one and five when they started one and five. I think we both knew that there's ten games left. Yeah, a lot, a lot can happen in in ten. But games. it was all People predicated. Get, get hurt. 
Yeah. It was all predicated on them beating the Packers. And I didn't yep. think that was going to happen. So if we in Lambo. Yeah. If, if we do sneak into this, if things go our way, if we continue to win, that game was the absolute that's what needed to happen. And I don't know, besides like people who are goofing around, I don't know anybody thought they were going to beat the Packers, but that game, if, if your goal is the postseason, that game changed everything. All right. So, yeah, next week they take on the Jaguars. I believe it's a noon kickoff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to have that, you know, as one of the uh, big games in the afternoon. Um, it's in U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings, uh, they, I think this was their second. Yeah, this was only their second win at home this year. So yeah. uh, home field advantage, not really an advantage this year. Not surprising. There's no fans. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. Make sure to download this podcast on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You know, follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Follow Dustin on Twitter at Dust Baker. You know, follow his uh, writing on the Viking Age and, and everywhere else he contributes content, does stuff for fan-sided and, and Vikings territory, and subscribe to his podcast, the Believe in Vikings podcast, with former Vikings offensive tackle Bryant McKinney. But as always, Dustin, I'm going to need you to leave us with a skull. Skull! mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.